I want to welcome you, and I want to welcome those that are live streaming. Uh, you have handouts that talk about the title of my sermon is Happiness for Heaven. My text is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. And it should be there for your easy reference. It's got the outline there for your consideration. As I always do, I look to God to anoint my words because these are his thoughts and I don't want to botch them. And so, Father, this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Have you ever thought of how you could make heaven happy? Now, let's be very honest. Most of the time, we want heaven to make us happy. You know, probably the number one prayer prayed to God since the beginning of time is this one. Bless me, Lord. The prayer has been said in so many different ways. Bless my family. Bless, bless my children. Bless my business. Bless my marriage. But you know, all those things are basically saying the same thing. Lord, make me happy. Well, the best way for you to be happy is to make heaven happy. And the Lord Jesus told the parable that some called God's lost and found department. And that describes what makes heaven happy and what we can do to make heaven happy. So first in your outline, realize that people without Christ are lost. Now to understand this parable, you have to understand the background Verses 1 through 3 state, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And and the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them. We know that Jesus told stories to the Pharisees. As you know, these Pharisees were a self-righteous, hypocritical lot in whom the milk of human kindness had curdled. And their hearts were as cold as ice and as hard as steel. And there's one statement in here that tells you all you need to know about Jesus. We're told that the sinners loved him and that the Pharisees hated him. You know, incidentally, sinners loved him not because he catered to them or because he compromised with them, but because he cared for them. You know, the Pharisees are criticizing Jesus because he's hanging around sinners and they're hanging around him. And so in response to their criticism, Jesus told this parable, which is found in this chapter. Now, we've often thought that there are three parables in this chapter. But verse 3 tells us this. He spoke this parable to them. The entire chapter is one parable. This parable tells us about something that was lost. As an example, he speaks about the sheep that was lost, the lost coin that was lost, and the lost son. But the theme is lost. And now today we're going to deal primarily with the first two. He begins by telling us about the lost sheep. Look at verse 4. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? 
Now the sheep was lost because of foolishness. And Jesus compares a lost person to sheep. Let me assure you, this is not a compliment. You see, the number one characteristic of a sheep is this. They are dumb. If you've ever been to a circus, you will see, for example, trained elephants, trained dogs, trained seals. You might even see a trained flea. But you will never see a trained sheep because sheep cannot be trained to do anything. Have you ever thought about how dumb sheep are? You know, to convince you of how dumb they are, think about their mating behavior. When the females come into season and the males are wanting to mate with the females, they have a ritual that they go through. They challenge other males for the right to mate. They'll stand several feet apart and then they run at full speed at each other and butt heads. Now these mature male sheep have major horns on their heads. Can you imagine what that kind of headbutting does to the ability of that sheep to function at all? Did you know that two male sheep will butt heads for as long as 30 minutes until one of them, the smart one, will finally back down? If you think about it, if sheep had any sense at all, and if you think that in the last several years they could have figured something out to settle this problem, So what's my point? Without God, a lost person is dumb. I don't mean intellectually dumb. I mean spiritually dumb. You know, a person may have more degrees in a thermometer, and even then, the most brilliant intellect on earth is stunningly ignorant if he does not have or know the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, what is sad about lost sheep is this. When sheep get lost... They don't even know it. Do you know why a sheep wanders away from the flock and why he'll never find his way back to the flock? There are two reasons. First, he's too dumb to remember the way back. And secondly, he doesn't even know he's lost. And the only thing that I know of that is worse than being lost is being lost and not knowing it. You know, a person without God is hopelessly lost. He's like a blind man in a dark room looking for a black hat. That's not there. And Martin Luther once said, and correctly, the ultimate proof of the sinner is that he doesn't know his own sin. Our job is to make him see it. You know, it is in the nature of sheep to foolishly wander from the flock. And it is in our nature to wander away from God. You know, Isaiah 53, 6, Isaiah said, All we like sheep have gone astray. That is why we talk about leading people to Jesus. A man on his own will never find the Lord. He will not seek the Lord. And just as a shepherd has to lead a lost sheep back to the flock, so we must lead people back to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Jesus tells the story of a lost silver coin. Verse 8, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and seek diligently until she finds it? Now this silver coin was lost through carelessness. The tragedy 
of the coin that is lost is that it loses all of its value. A coin is intended to be saved or to be spent. And if it is lost, it can't do either. Now it's important to also see how this coin was lost and where it was lost. First of all, it was lost in darkness. And that's why the text says that the woman lights a lamp. You know that in the days of Jesus, the houses were always dark. If you needed to find something, you had to light a lamp. And this tells us that people without God are not just lost. They are in the dark. And they need the light of the world, the Lord Jesus, in order to come to God. And the reason why the Pharisees hated Jesus is because he was always turning on the light. You see, Pharisees looked good in the dark. But whenever Jesus was around... And show, he would show them what they were really like. It's almost like they wanted to say, who turned on the light? Turn it off. But the truth is, everybody looks good in the dark. But this coin was also lost in dirtiness. Because the woman not only had to light a lamp, she swept the house. Now, you know, in that day, you know, houses did not have wall-to-wall carpet, hardwood floors, or acrylic tile. All they had to walk on inside the house was dirt. And this coin had been lost in the dirt. Well, we've all sinned. And we all fall short of the glory of God. And you may not like this when I say it, but people without God are not just depraved. They're dirty. And the reason why people are dirty is because sin is dirty. Have you noticed how we've even used the word dirty to describe bad things? We talk about dirty movies, dirty magazines, and that's because sin makes us dirty. But this coin was also lost in disgrace. Jesus speaks of this woman as having ten silver coins. They were not just ten coins. They had a tremendous significance. In that day, when the husband took a bride, he did not, she did not receive a diamond ring. She received a headband with ten coins of silver evenly placed. When she would go out, she would wear this ribbon of coins around her forehead to illustrate that she was married. And these coins were the love gift of a husband giving it to his wife at the wedding And it represented the fact that she belonged to him, like a wedding ring. And in fact, usually on each piece of silver, the name of the husband would be engraved. But if the woman were ever caught in a trespass, if the woman were ever caught in adultery, if she were ever unfaithful, the the husband would remove one of these coins and there would be a gap to show this woman had disgraced her marriage vows. So you could see that it was an embarrassing shame and a disgrace to lose one of these coins. But now I want to say something to you. If you do not know the Lord Jesus, if you've never been saved, it is not just a tragedy, it is a disgrace. Think about this. For God to send his only son to live for you, to die for you, to bleed for you, to give us life for you, and then to come back for you, and you refuse it? It's a disgrace to grace. It's a disgrace to burn the candle of life for the glory of the devil rather than the glory of God. And then finally, to mention briefly, 
not in your outline. Jesus tells us the story of the lost son. And this son was lost because of wickedness. He was lost because he literally rebelled against the family that loved him. And in the end, that is what being lost is all about. And whether you realize it or not, it's living in rebellion with God. And we must realize that people without God are lost. And second in your outline, remember that people without Christ are loved. So now this parable goes on to teach us something else, not only about the sinner, but also about the Savior. It teaches us that God is a God who sees the sinner, a God who seeks the sinner, and a God who saves the sinner. Again, verse 4. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? Now the shepherd here is clearly none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus leave heaven and come to earth? Contrary to some, what many might think, it was not to primarily to preach, to teach, or even perform miracles. He himself told us in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Why did Jesus leave the golden streets of glory to walk the dirty alleys of a sinful world? Why did he lay down a crown of diamonds to pick up a crown of thorns? Why did he leave the path of heaven? For the path of Calvary, it was because he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, you might be tempted to say, what's the big deal with one sheep? That question is valid. Why would the shepherd leave 99 sheep to go after one? It's not because the one sheep was valuable, because one sheep by itself has very, very little value. No, there is only one explanation why the shepherd will leave the 99, go after the one, and that is the love of the shepherd. And you see, the reason why Jesus came to this planet to die for us was because of his love for us. And I want you to learn this one point and never forget it. Jesus does not love us because we are valuable. We are valuable because Jesus loves us. Now, may I tell you something as a church? What we better be very, very concerned about every single day is to make sure that we are not more concerned with the 99 who are already in the fold, but with the one out there in the field who is lost. If Jesus Christ loved you enough to seek you out, we ought to love others enough to seek them out. Then the coin, as the sheep we read, was also found. Again, verse 8. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search search carefully until she finds it? But here I believe that we're expanding our theology here. We're, I believe that the broom and the candle refers to the work of the Holy Spirit. Because it is the work of the Holy Spirit to convict us. And it is the work of the Holy Spirit to cleanse us. You see, when we are in spiritual darkness, only the Holy Spirit of God can shine the light of Jesus into our darkened state. Listen 
When a person is in spiritual darkness, the only way that he can know a spiritual truth is for God to light the lamp of revelation that that person might see. And we not only need the convicting power of the Spirit, we need the cleansing power of the Spirit. And so when the Spirit of God convicts us and brings us to Jesus Christ, dirt is swept away so that the coin can be restored to its original purpose and condition. That is exactly why the Lord Jesus is looking for us. So he can bring us out of darkness into the light and out of dirtiness into love. But an important point to remember is this. Both the sheep and the coin were found. Verse 5 says, and when he has found it. Verse 6 says, and when she has found it. But you see, we don't really find God. God finds us. Let me tell you why nobody ever found God. You cannot find what you're not looking for. Romans 3.11 says, There is none that seeks after God. Well, you may be delighted, elated, and glad, and you should be glad that you have found the Lord. But the truth is, He found you. And the reason why He even looks for you to begin with is because though you are without the Lord Jesus, you are loved. Lastly, third in your outline, resolve to bring people without Christ to the Lord. Did you notice in your text that each time the lost was found, a holy celebration broke loose? Listen to verses 7 and 10. Verse 7, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Verse 10, likewise I say to you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There is happiness in heaven whenever just one lost sinner is found. But notice, by the way, it does not say the angels rejoice. It says there is joy in the presence of the angels. It is God who rejoices. If you want to ring the joy bells of heaven, if you want to move the heart of God, if you want to light the fires of a revival, if you want to put a smile on the face of Jesus, then you need to be about the business of rescuing the lost sheep and restoring the lost coin and receiving the lost son. See, I believe that Jesus told this parable to tell us this. He wants us to go out and to seek the sinner, to seek the sinner, and to share with the sinner how they can be saved and also know Jesus. Jesus wants us to go out and seek and look for the people who are not here. And I believe Jesus was trying to teach us in this parable that everyone should be trying to reach someone and in the process build bridges between them and the Lord Jesus Christ. And do you know why doing that is so important? Do you know what kind of encounters the Holy Spirit uses most often to produce the fruit that lasts? He uses a witness with a heart that is motivated by love and friendship. Now let me close by getting you to think seriously about two things. First of all, there are only two kinds of Christians in the world. 
only two, those who talk about the lost and those who talk to the lost. Secondly, if you want to make heaven happy, you've got to start using all that God has given you to talk to the lost. That doesn't mean we're all going to approach it in the same way. But every one of you have relationships even now with people who do not know the Lord and you can begin now to do certain practical things such as listing your neighbor by name and praying for him specifically. Looking for opportunities just to have a casual conversation with your neighbor to get to know them better. Take opportunities to invite your neighbor to come with you to church and more importantly to events. Happy festivities. Look for opportunities where you could share with your neighbor your own personal testimony about how Christ has changed your life. And this one is crucial. Look for opportunities to minister to your neighbor when he has grief or heartache in his life. Now you know what makes heaven happy. When you find one sheep or just one silver coin or just one son, the finding is only the beginning. Then you have to have the sheep rescued with the help of the Holy Spirit. You have to have that silver coin restored with the help of the Holy Spirit. And you have to have that son return with the help of the Holy Spirit, for it is not I, but through Christ who dwells in me. And we can be a part of that. You know, with God's help, I pray that we will all be a part of that so that heaven will be happy and we will participate in that happiness. Amen.